Nah, I'm good. I don't like flavored water. Alright. I don't see the point of it. <laughs> you want to talk about that for now? I mean, it's like, you know, either be water or be a soft drink. Well, why not be water and be tasty? I mean, again, you can just have juice. Like, it's, it's, it's never been a thing for me. But that's just extra sugar. You I don't even like diluted orange juice. You know, like Robinsons and stuff. Never been a big fan of that. Take my fucking family name in vain. Hey, I've never been a big fan of Robinsons. <laughs> a tradition that continues to this day. Welcome back to a special mini-sode of the Grap Up, the once-in-a-while pro-wrestling podcast from your friends at linktothecast.eu. I am your tour guide through this wacky world of what I think is the one true sport, pro-wrestling, Dave Ryan. It's that in Eurovision. Um, That in Eurovision, yeah, the two real sports. Come on now. Uh, And I'm joined, uh, we have no one on the line this time, I'm just joined uh, locally by one Mark Robinson. Yeah, we're going to do a a shorter uh, edition of the grab-up. Yeah, this might be a thing, if this goes okay, this might be a thing we do every now and then when there's newsworthy stuff. I mean, it depends on how many tournaments Uncle Paul wants to run throughout the year. I feel like, speaking of wrestling, I feel like I'm about to have some sort of epileptic fit (laughs) from the strobe lighting in the background. (laughs) So we have an old episode of Raw from 2001. It's actually the, the Stone Cold versus Redacted match. Um... I guess because we haven't seen Benoit's entrance in a while, you forget there's a lot of flash yeah, and going on. Yeah, you see, the problem is, because I'm not looking at it dead on, it's at, like, my 10 o'clock to where okay, we are on the, right, mic- sure. on the, the mics here. <laughs> the glare is going straight across my glasses, so when the blue lights were flashing through his entrance, my entire field of vision was lighting up blue. Okay, well, the, the lights have stopped good. now. It was not good at all, Mark. It was a bad time. It's, it's not the, the dead lights or anything. You'll be fine. But we're back. Um, and I think the main reason where we're here today is to talk about the, the May Young Classic tournament, which uh, concluded uh, earlier this week. Um, and we have no real format. It's going to be a kind of, I think these mini-sodes, if and when we do them, will be fairly loose. Yeah. Um, we're not reviewing every single match of the May Young Classic. No, we will talk about some thoughts, uh, you know, who is in the field and who should or should not have progressed. Maybe, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what, what comes out of the chat while we're doing it. But um, first things first, uh, I want to talk about the, the distribution model. I was the exact question I was going to ask you first. So the way, for those of you who haven't caught up on it yet or who weren't uh, kind of... I don't know. Um, don't have the network? Yeah, or weren't wasn't listening to Big Dave Meltzer going on about this for ages, about yeah, how dumb yeah. he thought it was. Uh, the way they released the Mae Young Classic episodes, so there's nine episodes in total to check out on the WWE Network now. Um, and they released the first four, which comprised the first two rounds. Um, or was it? No, it was just the first round, wasn't it? It was the first round. Yeah, first round four, and four, four episodes. Weeks. Yeah, um, And then... They were four then a week episodes. later. They released four more episodes, which was the second, second round, round and the semi semifinals. Yeah, yeah. yeah, second round quarterfinal, semifinal, uh, and then last Tuesday after SmackDown was taped, they did uh, the the finals live in front of the SmackDown crowd instead of full sale. Uh-huh. All previous eight episodes had been available in full sale. Now, before we talk about the venue, 
the the change of venue from full sale to Vegas, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Uh, yes. Um, tell me what you think. Uh, looking back on it now that it's over, what you thought about the the Netflix style distribution model? Yeah, so I think there were a bunch of hot takes. That's, that's in their heads. That's what they think they're doing. Well, here's the thing, because there there are a whole bunch of hot takes before. Uh, we actually saw the episodes, but knew of the way that this was going to be presented, mm. uh, and then the 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 actual execution of it and everything that's come afterwards. And I do think that, um, in my mind, uh, trying to kind of make sense of all of this, I, I wonder if they looked at all of the matches and all of the content they had there, and they thought that all right, doing this for ten weeks or whatever the 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 duration there'd be a little bit of fatigue and a little bit of burnout because yep. you know i mean towards the, the tail end of the cruiserweight classic the thing that kept that going is that mm. at least like the main event of every single show certainly from the second round onwards was an a, a pure banger you know yeah. like you were looking at four star matches consistently yeah. each week like so, at least one so is it were they future proofing against the idea that people's interest would burn out on women's wrestling much quicker than cruiserweight wrestling not not so much the 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 woman's wrestling. I but think just, maybe that plays a small part. I'm I'm purely just going on the match quality. Yeah. And, and not that, like, there were bad matches in this tournament because there was no. only one, like, yeah. bad match. There were a couple of just, like, okay, sure, like, get them out of the way, over and done with. Mm. But, like, going from the second round onwards, for me, I think there may have been one four-star match in Mark Robinson's personal star rating system. Mm-hmm. Everything else you're bordering from two and a half up to three and a half. Yeah. Um, so I do think that that may have played a part into their reasoning. Would for it, it maybe have behooved them? I like I was thinking about this, and I said they could have broken up round by round and done like all of round one, like the first four episodes, drop them all together. Yep. Then a week later, drop the like the two episodes of the next round, then two episodes of the next round. Yeah, done that it like that been, maybe. I mean, it, it would have spread it out over more weeks, so it would have felt like a, a kind of a thing you were watching as a TV season yep, going on. Yep. Um, that, that, that is entirely a, a way they could have done it. I mean, all of this comes into, if, if they were solely focused on they wanted to have the finals in Vegas because they knew they mm. were going to have Shane LaBeza in it and they wanted it in Vegas because Ronda Rousey and all of those connections. Yeah. If that if that was from the get-go what they were envisioning, then perhaps just like logistically they had to do it this way to make yeah. it all kind of fit time-wise. Um, I don't know. There could be a number of reasons for it. I'm not solely against it. Um, it in some ways... It was convenient to just to have the four hours that I could just kind of bang through in a sitting. Um, you know, like most of the wrestling was very easy to watch. You know, mm. I didn't, none of it kind of felt like a drain. And I, I guess we say no. An there hour, were certain aspects really like of the presentation that felt like a drain, but we'll get Possibly. to that in due course. But overall, I I didn't mind it if they do it again. I mean, we've had what yeah. like five I, tournaments. Do you know what's cool about now? a bunch of episodes is getting to watch them? In, well, getting to watch them in your own time, like making your own schedule for it. Uh, and also then like if you're ahead of people getting to watch them react to it yeah sure in time like i pretty much uh i had just as a matter of coincidence the two mornings where the four episodes dropped one week after the other i happened to be able to pretty much as soon as i woke up and had my breakfast and shit just sit down and watch the four episodes Uh, and that was cool because then later on i'm just seeing people reacting like oh just you wait because this other cool thing is about to happen um, and uh, there's a certain word of mouth aspect as well. Like when people watched the first couple of episodes, th- there was a lot of takes online about how 
this is actually a lot better than some people were expecting. Maybe you should check it out. Mm. That at least like, even though the first round there weren't any, weren't a lot of blow away matches, there was still enough interest and enough. One of the things that this definitely has over the Cruiserweight Classic is I think character development. Yeah, sure. Um, I felt like I had a good read on pretty much everybody's background and motivation going into this in that like if you tried to quiz me on most of the people that were eliminated in the first round of the cruiserweight classic you could slip in a couple of fake names and i wouldn't know I mean, that was a know? year ago now so I, but still you know what i mean like i got right okay this is the character this is their background you know the, i had a level of interest in everybody you know what I mean? I'm not going to necessarily go that far, um, but I do agree. Investment might be the, the word. But I, I wouldn't say that I had that for all of the, the wrestlers, but I do agree with the sentiment involved. Um, I do wonder as well if they looked at like uh, the, the, the ratings trend or the viewership trend for last year's tournament, mm. whether look, they looked at like Netflix or whatever to kind of come to the determination that, hey... Yeah. Interest does lose as the longer like episodes and seasons go on. Obviously, mm. there are probably outliers like Game of Thrones or whatever. Yeah. So they just went, fuck it, yeah. It'll be interesting to it. see now because there's Scuttlebutt coming out uh, this morning as we record this that next year they'll do a tag team tournament. Which I find interesting because we already they already have, have the, the Dusty Roads Classic. Yeah. But I suppose you could make the Dusty Roads Classic an NXT thing. And but the Dusty Roads is an NXT thing. But there are people that come in like Gargano and Champa show up right before the the classic. You know, it, and now I'm confused because it is a, an NXT thing. Oh yeah, it is on NXT. But what I mean is, like, make it more exclusively people who are already signed and in NXT. I know it's already on NXT programming. Yeah, but make this tag team tournament standalone thing where you get in imports and no or very few NXT. People. Oh, so it's not an NXT thing. That's like, what I mean. Like this, oh, right, this okay. tag team classic they're thinking of is sure. going to be independent. Yeah. So yeah. you could still do the dusty tag team classic as a kind of like King of the Ring for tag teams down in NXT and then have this as the special. I, I think for me, like I would at this point. I don't point, want them to lose the dusty. No, I, at this point I would just keep the, the dusty as it is and then just alternate every year with Cruiserweight and women's. Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. But I mean, you know, we're in a brave new world, so... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who knows? That is for sure. Um, what did you think about the venue for the final? Like, I, I'm... It's almost 100% that the, the, the motivation behind this is, well, it's Vegas. We want Ronda Rousey. That is definitely a huge part of why do it after SmackDown. Yeah. Um, I think there's something to be said for the spectacle of having a final of a women's tournament in front of a crowd much bigger than the full sale crowd. Uh, you say that it was only four thousand that were in the venue. It still looks so considerably looks bigger than bigger. full sale. Yeah. Um, so it in that way it kind of feels like a bigger deal. But I I think a risk was run and people did get into the match. Uh, we'll talk about the match more later. People did get into the match, but I think you're asking a crowd that have sat through SmackDown and. Two or five live had already. I, I can't. Rem- I can't remember if one came before the other. Or I know it aired at three a.m., so it definitely aired after. They definitely did it after SmackDown. Yeah. Because um, it was a live final and it was at three a.m. and SmackDown is at one a.m. I, know, I mean, I, we've spoken before, probably not on this, but maybe on this. But the whole two or five being uh, after yeah, SmackDown. That's, yeah, we're, I don't want to retrod all over yeah. all that. So um, I like that they decided to put it. In a in a bigger venue, um, I feel that I don't know. Maybe they could have 
toyed with the idea of just doing like a one night show that was all women's like a, a network special yeah. um i don't know if there are any arenas well i suppose they could just use the one they already have they were using um and just had that like on a weekend and yeah just done like a network special yeah just use a bunch of the, the women wrestlers that we had i guess again schedule conflicting like because tony storm had a nightmare schedule going from japan to london for progress to then to the states and then back to japan yeah. so you know obviously there probably was been... thankfully wasn't wrestling on the the no the or not final. on the, the finals yeah um but yeah, they could have done a, a network special. I mean, we've never had like a kind of all women's wrestling. Yeah, paper. There was one of those specials special. like you remember they did Beast in the East and a couple of different yeah, ones and, like and that. And they could have had like a couple of women from the main roster or whatever. And yeah, that, yeah, they they could have done something like that. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. There, there are a number of ways they could have done with it. Yeah. They've gone with it's what interesting they went with. the way they went about it. It wasn't a disaster. No. It wasn't like. I don't think the energy that was there for, say, the Cruiserweight Classic Finals was there, but, mm. I mean... I think it would have been in full sale. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a fair shout. Because they were super getting into different things, as we'll talk about through the courses. We just, we get into it, shall we? Yeah, sure. Um, talk about, and I think we'll, we won't get into every single match here, but I think it would behoove us maybe to talk about the first round matchups, just so that we can mention... You know, whether we like different people or not who got eliminated in the first round, because this will be our only chance to talk about them. Mm -hmm. So I'll go through all the first round matches, and then when we go to round two and stuff like that, we'll just pick our highlights, maybe is the way we should talk about this. Cool. Um, So, starting off in the first round, Jazzy Gabbert, uh, better known as the Alpha Female, taking on Abby Late. And this was, I think, one of the... I can't remember the order it happened. I know it was on episode one, but it was the first match where I was like, holy shit, this is great. Because the, the, this match started off with the kind of um, Abby Late, who was, oh, I'm blanking on her indie name. And you know, her name is there, so I'm just going to tap it. Kimberly. Kimberly, yeah. yeah. Um, She started off with this, I need to kill the giant scary woman. So she hits her with a flurry of punches. Uh, Jazzy Gabber just throws her across the ring and roars at her. Yeah, she does. I was like, this is awesome. And the full sound crowd freaked the fuck out. Um... I was kind of surprised that uh, Abby Lath won this match because I thought not so much that Abby Lath won this match, just the fact that they booked it to have this where Alpha Female would go out in the first round. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. Like because she's such a special attraction. Very much a physical presence. Yeah, yeah. She was the only like. Oh yeah, I forgot that this episode has a fucking ke- uh, Montreal yeah. screw job. There was a d- there's um there there was a couple of kind of um women in the tournament whose gimmick was that they were physically imposing in in some sort of way but i think no one had no one had it more believably oh, than geez, jazzy no, no like real powerhouse yeah um, i mean there were a couple that had like size in terms of height or mm. um whatever but like jazzy is just pure like built that way you know yeah. um so yeah i'm very surprised the the two things i'm surprised by are, a the name i'm still not 100% sure no of. alpha female is a terrific name it's hard you to, think it's hard to find it, it like come up with something that's even close to on a par exactly. with alpha female so uh that and then um just yeah the fact that she went out in the first round but it's a good I match believe they've signed her up uh i don't know for absolute certain i, I need can't... to check at bad boy casey he put up the uh the list of them that had well i, I read been officially signed there were three I, I that haven't the been observer. announced yet i read the observer but i um 
I can't. A lot of the women in this tournament have been signed. Yes. A couple of... A couple of the ones you would have expected to be signed at least haven't been announced as being signed yet. No, but we will get to, to that. To them, so, yeah. But yeah, this this was a, a, a good kind of... This was the I think main Abby, event of the I first round. Abby had a really good tournament. Sorry, main event of the first show, I yeah. believe. Um, uh, yeah, Abby... Because like, she, she's been knocking around there in NXT for a while. Yep. Um, she was Kimberly on the Indies, and then she was Kimberly something then in NXT. She showed up a few times... And this was kind of her her reintroduction, okay. and I thought she was she was very good in this tournament. Like every match she was in, I I quite enjoyed. Yeah, she to, to begin with, I wasn't overly sold, but certainly mm. as the tournament went on, um, she she proved herself that yeah, she's someone they can probably put yeah. some stock into there's and a, do some stuff with. There's a, there's a couple of people in this tournament who we'll talk about who were definitely like the veterans that were kind of the steady hands going through, and then they only fell away in the, the later rounds. And sure. I think she's one of them to make sure that there was a constant base level of quality mm. uh, going throughout. Uh, Rachel Evers, the former Rachel Ellering, um, taking Shooting on the, the mantle of her trainer, Lance Storm. Yeah. Um, taking on Marty Bell, uh, formerly of TNA's parish. Yeah, this was bad. This was, yeah. And this was the one where it came out after the fact that they had... Uh, they had changed called the an audible and changed the finish. The match. Yeah. Uh, just um, this was not Marty Bell's best showing. I, I've listened to a bunch of podcasts and listened to a bunch of people and read some stuff. Uh, and apparently this match was that much worse than what was actually televised. So God knows what mm. live. Mm. Uh, this... Yeah, it was the only one. It was one of the only ones, should I say. There's a couple of matches where you notice the editing because it's not live because something was missed or yeah. something like this. This is the only one I noticed where there was a significant amount of we're not showing you some of the worst shit it's just sometimes it happens in these things when you have a big tournament you're throwing people in against each other sometimes it just doesn't sure gel. It, look it, wrestling you know you're gonna have a bat and an off night it happens yeah. and it's not like as well with with the women's wrestling tournament it's not like the cruiserweight where cruiserweight i'm not saying it's largely the same style because there were different styles in it but with a cruiserweight tournament, there are certain things that if you're booked for that tournament, you know your your opponent is going to be like that. And if you're a smaller guy, you're going to have faced people who are flippy before. You're going to have faced grapplers, you know. Possibly, it's... but I mean, with these two, you know, there didn't seem to be too much. There's, there's not a difference in them in, like, size mm. or stature. Um, and, you know, Marty's been on TNA. She was there for a while. So she's had time on television. Mm. Um I don't remember ever seeing or hearing anything about her being that bad. Like, nothing that I've ever no, been blown I, away yeah. by. Um, and she would have spent a lot of time with the likes of, like, Mia Yim. So, you know, she would have had kind of quality opposition to work with. Um, Rachel Evers, I, I think I've seen her maybe once on NXT, but yeah. my knowledge... She's of her another one of those people that drifts in and out of NXT. Yeah, uh, but my knowledge of her wasn't... Like a Diana Parazzo yeah, kind yeah, of figure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, she did better in the second round. She had more yeah. of a showing for herself, but this was not very good. No, no. Um, moving on then to uh, Princessa Shuhei uh, against Kaylee Ray of Scotland. Yeah, see, I was really uh, disheartened to see that Kaylee Ray just, other than like her first round match, that was pretty much it we've, we've heard of her since then. Yeah. Uh, and there's been no like, and because I, I really like Kelly Ray. Yeah, she's she's a really good talent. Like she's one of the the few things about ICW that I kind of yeah. proper get into. 
Um, and she's got a presence, and she's got, she's got her, her she's got character. Height, like, she's got presence. Yeah, uh, she fucking yeah. She, the, the height as well. Like she's she's really tall yeah. for for kind of your average woman's wrestler. Like, uh, and, and she's kind of more of a, a brawler than yeah, some which of as well. You don't really get that no. as much in women's wrestling. So yeah, it's exactly. just really different. Um, and so she didn't really have a lot she could work with here because obviously you know anyone that isn't used to working on a regular basis with lucha. Yeah. It's always it, man, like lucha is just one of those styles that it's just really tough to wrestle against a luchador if you're not used to it. And on the flip side, obviously, for someone who's always wrestled the lucha style to then try and adapt to another style, yeah. Uh, unless you've kind of had a, a longer time to, I mean, I have, I've never even heard of Princess Suhei. I don't know if that's like her real name or what her original gimmick was. Like, I know nothing about her whatsoever. Um, this was a perfectly, like, just acceptable, like, go out there, have a couple of minutes, show off some stuff. Mm. Like, nothing wrong with it whatsoever. Um, but in terms of being, like, a showcase for either, certainly trying to be a showcase for Kaylee Rayner, yeah, one she, match she's it, got. It, it, it is her, it's spelled slightly differently, but she's CMLL okay. veteran. Okay. Um, but yeah, as given Kaylee Ray any kind of chance to show off, there was really nothing there for her, and that's a shame. No, and that's the problem with a lot of people who get eliminated in the first round of these tournaments, is these matches are shorter uh, and sometimes that's easier to digest for the viewing public, but the fact that they are short matches uh, means that the people that lose don't live long in the memory sometimes, uh, yeah. which is a disappointment for people like Kaylee Ray, who I thought they would have been looking at, especially with their, their love of the, the UK talent at the moment, that she would have been right on the... Uh, the, the radar there for them but yeah, yeah but uh, she's she can't she can only be like mid 20s 28 tw- 28 so I think, she's, I think she's 28 that's still like more than enough time to yeah. make an, impre- an impression again at some point so. yeah i know she's i know she's still in her 20s and i know she's been wrestling for a lot longer than you'd think mm. um but you know she's still like even if they don't end up uh you know doing anything with her long term like she's still doing well with with stardom and with shimmer and yeah she's all in the uh, right places so she can yeah. only keep on doing and she's that. like like you said she's she's one of the the standout stars in icw which yeah. is even though it's not our cup of tea most of the time is a headline making promotion in fairness to them um after that then uh zaya lee and mercedes martinez now when i talk about veterans who are in here to keep that baseline of quality going throughout the tournament mercedes martinez is the one i'm thinking of there um what what did you think of, of Zia Lee here, who who lost this match? Like, there's not if you've seen Merce, Mer, Mercedes Martinez before, you know what you're getting. So this solid professional. This was like one of Zaylee's first matches, I believe. Like, I think she came to. Yeah, it wasn't. It was Zayda was the one who had some experience. Wasn't yeah, it? Or, and so Zaylee came to the uh, the performance center last year, I believe. Yeah. So for a year, if that, in terms of training, like. I've seen worse. Yeah. I've seen a lot worse. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, even though we had one bad match, uh, one really bad match in the first round, and like you said, I think a lot of that is down to just a failure to gel. Mm. I, like, I don't think anyone in this tournament, in terms of, like, the quality of athleticism uh, and ability in the ring, really did themselves a huge disservice, apart from that one match where it just was not happening. I think there was just, there was a couple of performers that were just largely forgettable. Yeah, there was a couple you know? of, where, like, none of them, no, like, you know the way there was a handful of moments in the Cruiserweight Classic where you're like, that person has nearly killed themselves because they're doing something they shouldn't try to do. I'm thinking particularly of Sean Maluta <laughs> in that case. Where I still he tried do not understand that. what that front flip somersault dive whatever the hell it was, he was trying to do, it's that um is it phoenix does that spot 
where it's the it's the second it's the second rope springboard to the outside. It was something along the lines, and he, he tripped on the way out and hit the rope again. Kind of made it work. Yeah, kind yeah. of like accidentally did a tripping. Yeah, 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 yeah. There, there was definitely nothing um, by any of the women that was like trying to do anything outside of kind of what Naomi does a lot, where she's trying yeah. to do a lot of stuff that maybe slow down, slow down. Yeah. But this was obviously like very much, you know, okay, we have someone who hasn't had a lot of experience. We're giving her a debut here against the most experienced woman in the tournament. And fair play to Mercedes. Like, in terms of being that kind of journeyman wrestler to lead someone else by the hand and get through... She's been around for years. She has. She's, uh, you know, again, not someone I've seen a lot of, but it's a name I've known for a long time. Yeah. Uh, And if they are... Because Mercedes is 37. um, So if they, at some point, are looking at someone... Maybe not now, maybe in a couple of years' time... If they want someone to either help in the performance center, yeah, like I, I was what, thinking, that, like she could be the the with Sarah Del Rey. With Sarah Del Rey, yeah, yeah. Uh, she'd be on this performance alone. Like, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely have her in. But yeah, Zaylee, like she, she give her a you know a year or two on the road, get some experience. If she's mm-hmm. this, uh, like solid to begin with, yeah, uh, sure. a lot of potential. Like yeah. of the because the, they signed that group of Chinese recruits in one go. Yeah, there's the really fat one. Uh, the guy who got lost that time. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember his name. He just reminds me of like a really fat Anita. Everyone got he has a super into him because he's just this really well-meaning nice guy. Uh, I just, yeah, that time he got lost and met new friends on the subway who helped him get home. Yeah. Oh, it's great stuff. Um, moving on then. Um, Nicole Savoy and Reina Gonzalez. Reina Gonzalez was the, the cowboy hat and the eye the the, I, the eye patch I'm gonna go just by process of elimination and say yeah yeah uh, and Nicole Savoy again another kind of experienced veteran part of Mercedes um, Mercedes Martinez's stable in Shimmer um, yeah not really a lot I remember about queen, this match she's the, the queen of suplexes she called herself one. yeah yep. um she's again solid nothing uh, the thing about her she went like she went deeper in this tournament and um I wasn't blown away by her like there was nothing about her that stood out I was like wow mm. but solid. Yeah, no. Um, I, 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 one of those just don't really have anything negative or positive. Just it was yeah. there, it was fine. Um, I can't imagine. I don't think Randy Gonzalez was one of the ones they they called back. I can't imagine they will. Mm. There, there wasn't really anything there that stood out. Rough around the edges. Yeah, yeah. at least with uh, Savoy, she's got a bit of presence, and obviously she has the kind of link with the likes of Mercedes and Shayna Baszler. So, yeah. uh, Renee Shell and Candice LeRae. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> Who they still haven't officially signed. Like, my goddamn favorite women's wrestler. <laughs> and, like, people are still talking about this. Like, it has been such an open goal for them since they signed Johnny Gargano. Yeah, yeah. It's like, she lives there now. She has been, like, that Battle Royal a couple yep, months ago that, yeah, on NXT yeah. where she came out and she was the only one in the whole Battle Royal that was Good over. Buddy. Yeah. You know? Now, it has to be said, I fucking hate her music. Uh, people, it's it's been quite divisive because I've seen people say they love it. So I, you know, I'm not a fan either, but it's it's definitely one of those you could tell the people they really liked in this tournament based on the production oh, value that went in it. Because even yes. though you didn't like it, there was some thought put into that theme music. Like there were at least six or seven wrestlers that had kind of like the same substandard hip hop <laughs> drum track Apple Loops beat. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, everyone else had like. I had like other. just they went onto like a royalty free music search engine, pretty much. And then the rest <laughs> were like, okay, what country are you from? All right, sure, we'll go with that. Uh, yeah, nothing really to, to say about this match. Like, this was a kind of... This was decent. Candice's... Candice's Candice. Yeah. It would be very surprising if they decided to not sign her, you yeah. know? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, Sarah Logan, the former Crazy Mary Dobson, against Mia Yim. We, like, if you didn't know she was Crazy Mary Dobson... Can we talk about this gimmick? The, yeah, the because country bumpkin. she was the only one in the tournament that had quote-unquote a gimmick you know the, the others either were like okay i this is my sports background uh, i would say this is my country i'm from i would say that um oh what was her name um lacey evans sort of had a gimmick yeah i uh, true true but she's still it's based on her real life yes yeah exactly uh the, the sarah logan gimmick just i i could do without you yeah, know, yeah. Um, but in terms, like they, you thought you would have thought the crazy Mary Dobson character was. You'd think that, wouldn't you? Yeah, because yeah. like it, it, it reminds me in a little sort of way of like uh, a Victoria when she first debuted, just like just as a lunatic, uh, or God, who else? Like Daphne or something like that. Oh, like, I guess you kind of Rosemary. Like, yeah, Rosemary. Yeah. Um, so who I think is one of my my favorite female characters. Yeah, she's a good character. Yeah. I mean, it's basically like his late nineties Marilyn Manson. Yeah, but like. It. It, in 2017, that's fresh. Yeah, sure. People aren't just doing it all the time anymore. Well, fresh. Uh. Yeah. But um, th- this is probably one of my favorite matches, actually, the, of the first round. Yeah. Um, and Against Mia Yim, by the way. Yeah, and, and Mia Yim is someone that I actually watched quite a bit of in TNA at the time. One of the few, few <laughs> bright spots of the promotion over the last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, and these two are great. Like, um, TNA is a lot of the accidental weird legacy of good women's wrestlers. Mm, yes. You know what I mean? Like, it definitely oscillates wildly because you have, like, the... Uh, you have the the awesome Kongs, but then you also have the Jenna from Survivor. Yeah, but I know Mia Yim as well, like because she's been around in. I've I've seen her in bits and pieces like CCW. Jade wasn't it? She was in. She TNA. was Jade in in TNA, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've seen her in, in stuff like CCW, and yeah, she's she's always been really solid. And this was as much as I expected it would be, considering I haven't seen any Crazy Mary Dobson. Um, yeah. I just know the name, and I've seen like the gimmick. Um, yeah. But just yeah, that she's decent. She's been on a couple of NXTs, um, uh, Sarah Logan, and she's she's good. Yeah, like and she's young as well. I think I think she's only like twenty two, twenty three, maybe. Uh, I will check for you. She I is twenty four. Yeah, I think I remember like being because I've heard about her name for so long. I was surprised at how young she was. Mm. Um, but yeah, this is one of your favorite matches of the first round. This was definitely one of my favorite matches of the first round. Um, and the other thing as well, she's from fucking Indiana. Like yeah. that's not. Redneck, well, maybe Jefferson, Indiana. Is. It's kind of that know. Midwest, like, you know, yeah. there's... Um, but anyway. I, I really have an issue with that gimmick, if you had Yeah, noticed. you really do. It's like, you're like Jack with Flash Morgan Webster. <laughs> <laughs> um, then, uh, next oh, no, match. No, see, with that, it's not that I have an issue with the gimmick of someone who's like a country bumpkin. That's mm. fine, depending on the wrestler. It's just with Flash Morgan Webster. He's a modster. Uh, All right. Yeah. Mod. All right. <laughs> The uh, the next match, uh, Zeta and Shayna Baszler. Um, two observations I have from this match, and then I'll okay, hand over to you. Uh, my my first observation is, uh, you know, the way I, I noticed the difference between uh, people who they put production value into the music and not. Mm-hmm. There was also definitely a difference sometimes in the women in the tournament who were used to being on TV and mm-hmm. and not. And by what I mean by that is knowing instinctively where the cameras are and to slow down yeah. when the cameras are on you, particularly during an entrance, because Zeta comes out for this match and just legs it out. <laughs> and she's doing her entrance, but she's doing it like her thing. She has like a little badge 
uh, and stuff like that. But she's doing it so quickly that the camera can't settle on an image. So she's just she's just got that bit of like not used to being TV ready, which you know what I mean. Not everybody is. If you've That's barely been on TV before, but it's... that would be the point of her coming in because I think she's hired as well. Yeah. You know, in fairness, Finn got two years to perfect his entrance. Yeah, so. you know what I mean. Like not everybody <laughs> is in a company that's on tv and pay-per-view every single month yeah. or week or anything like that so you, you give them time and and Shayna baszler my, my observation about her is unbelievable presence mm-hmm. Shayna baszler has still not quite there in terms of the in-ring product for me no but she's not been doing it for that long no no she's not know? like you know she's I, I like her she has very much the like the Kyle O'Reilly gimmick of just out of nowhere submission. Yeah. Which is one of my favorite, like Kyle O'Reilly is one of my favorite wrestlers. And that's one of the best things about him is that he will spring up with a submission out of absolutely nowhere. And the crowd will freak out for it. And she does have that. Like there's a couple of times in this tournament where she springs out with that rear naked choke out of absolutely nowhere. She's powerful. She's a good base for smaller girls. Uh, and like I said, she has that presence. So that like all the tools are there. You know, and she's used to being in front of big crowds from mixed martial arts and, you know, and having an athletic career uh, in that regard. So they definitely, like, can do a lot with her. Yeah, the thing with Shayna, and it goes without saying, is is that she is legit, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, she is as legit as a women's wrestler as they have ever had off the top of my head. And I was listening to the the Voices of Wrestling uh, flagship last night, and Joe made a very good point, as he is one to do, that they really should just treat her like a female Brock Lesnar. You yeah. know, um, you know, you think of Brock Lesnar matches, they don't particularly go long. It's yeah. all action. It's suplex, all intensity. suplex, suplex, finisher, finisher, pin. Sure. If concussion. You, <laughs> concussion. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, hard way. Hard way, yeah. And I think that that is the exact way they should go with Shayna Baszler. Just have her come in, knock people out. Goldberg is another yeah. comparison as well. Just have her come in and steamroll through people quickly uh, while she's doing longer matches on house shows. Yep, yeah, and like in fairness, um, Shayna is a better seller than Goldberg already. Yeah, yeah. And well, she's probably more willing to sell than he was in the 90s possibly. for a start. There is that, yes. She's <laughs> you know not got those zeros next to a check that Goldberg had. Uh-huh. But there's definitely something there with her that they can do that if they book correctly, if they know mm. how and what they want to do with her, they, I, I think as well, she like, could be super I, I think that's a characteristic of the whole tournament as well, is the idea that almost all of the women in this tournament, if not all, you can see that they could do something with them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, even the ones that are rough around the edges, not quite the finished product or not quite great in the ring yet, you can see, well, time down in the performance center to retool a character or sharpen their actual wrestling, you can see that they would fulfill a role. With that said, she is 37, so if they're going to do it, yeah. they need to be on it. Uh, yeah. and, and Zeta, you know, she didn't get a lot of chance to, to prove herself. No, but she's been on NXT since... Has she? She was on NXT last week. Okay. Uh, I so, can't remember who she wrestled, but okay, so she's well, obviously down there now. and They clearly see something in her, and I've yeah. seen pictures of her, and I, she's very, very, very attractive. So. <laughs> I was going to say, don't get too creepy there, mate. No. Because like, I have seen pictures of her. But she the way is, you said that was she kind of unnerving. He's very attractive, and that helps to give her presence. Mm. So, yeah. 
Uh, speaking of people with a presence, Kyrie <laughs> Sane uh, against Tessa Blanchard. Uh, I think people would have been a little bit surprised at uh, Tessa going out in round one. Yeah, considering she is a name. Do you know what surprises me? She's only like twenty-two. Yeah, yeah. Because she, as far as I'm aware, has been around for a bit now. She's been around for quite a bit, but then you know she's in the biz. Yeah, you know. I actually saw her um, at. WrestleCon last year. Uh, didn't actually talk to her, but just walked past. Oh, yeah. Sure. She was hanging out because Tully was doing a song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was there. And she definitely, and like some people criticize her for the, the bad aspects that come with this. But definitely even then, when she had a bit less of a name for herself a year and a half, two years ago, um, carries herself like a star. Yep. Do you know what I mean? And she definitely did. She has that presence. I'm not necessarily like blown away by her in the ring, but she's she's fine. I mean, and again, this carrying yourself with star quality is half the battle. And like her and Kyrie Sane had one of the better matches of the first round. And, and oh my god, Kyrie is the best baby face in the world that isn't called Johnny Gargano. Kyrie <laughs> is. I think we will probably talk about Kyrie a little bit later uh-huh. on. Um, but just like winning her first round match and bursting into tears yeah. at the like the adulation from the crowd. Um, it's fair to say she's she has a better pirate gimmick than Paul Virtual. And that music. That music. That, like, straight out of Pirates of the Caribbean yep. or Hook or some shit. And we already knew it, but the elbow drop is... Oh, it's unbelievable. Like, just... The, it, as well, and what's great about it is that it's so over as a finish. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of like... A couple of the women now have that, like, the Eclipse is so over for Ember Moon that it's helped her get over. fucking ridiculous it's, Yeah, finisher. but this this elbow is fucking ridiculous yeah, as well. Like, it's just this ragdoll, like, impaling a woman with the elbow. It's gotten... It got over so much before she even debuted that when she went near the top rope in this round one match, the crowd started to freak out. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, this was a really good match. One of the better matches of the first round. Um. And, yeah, we'll talk a bit, bit more about Kyrie as things go on. Sage Beckett and arguably the star of round one, Bianca Belair. You want to talk about presence, Mark Robinson. Uh-huh. You would have been hard pushed to dissuade me from putting the NXT women's title on her yeah. after this first match. This woman carries herself like she is better than everybody. I mean that in the best way. And again, when we're talking about experience here. She's like a year? Is it a year? Experience? A year to two years max. Fucking hell. Um, I, Her and Kyrie Sane had the best match of the tournament as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, her using her hair as a Ooh, whip. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. I just fucking yeah. She I because I remember she's been on once or twice on NXT beforehand. Yeah. And I thought she carried herself really well. And she has better abs than almost all the men on the roster. Oh, she's got fucking better abs than me. <laughs> uh she is like there is so much they could do with her. Incredibly athletic. Yep. Incredibly solid for somebody with so little experience. Again, the character is incredible. The hair gimmick is incredible. Um really really big fan of Bianca Belair here they can do so much with her yeah so much uh, on the other side in terms of like having um characters and, and redemption stories like uh Sage Beckett has a really really interesting story yeah uh I really enjoy kind of listening to her talk and open up about that and I completely I had no idea another one of the more kind of like physically imposing women that were in this that I thought like at least one of them would have got through yeah and I completely like forgotten that uh she was rosie lot of love huh 
I'm sorry. I've just been distracted. Oh, Jesse Ventura showing up in a snakeskin jacket on the raw. On the I didn't ho- know that happened that in 2001. Anyway, mm. um, I I had no idea. I completely like glossed over me that she was Rosie Lot Love. Um, yeah. You know the disaster that was. Uh, so fair play to her. Fair play to her for getting a life and and yeah. getting herself in shape and whatnot. And um, I don't know. I I can't. I think. I think they have signed her. I remember actually, yeah, uh, Dave did write that she was more than safe signed, so I'm very happy for her. But yeah, just Bianca. <laughs> uh, Kavita Devi versus Dakota Kai, who I think a lot of people hadn't seen much of her. The, the Evie was, was her name on the mm-hmm. Indies, New Zealand wrestler. Um, hadn't seen a lot of her. I'd seen a bit of her as Evie. I, I more knew her because of the hype around her as being like this really like she's just this tiny person but is just this incredibly hard striker yeah and is a really just good kind of um fighting baby face in peril and putting her against kavita devi who again not the the best in-ring technician here in the first round but she really only needed to be the like you know king kong taking fire from the airplanes here like she only needed to kind of be like you know you know i can even simplify this even further she only had to be indian yeah like uh, you know that the thing the, the youtube thing was, views with the way that uh wwe have been booking this year when i saw dakota kai in round one against kavita debbie i was like oh i want to see dakota kai get to round two yeah because i just assumed yeah. that she was gonna win but this i really like this match um, this this the, was fine. The build up to the finishing sequence of this match was fantastic. Mm. Uh, a couple of really like Dakota Kai. She she lays it in snug. She does <laughs> in these matches. I think it's one of those things that when you're smaller, you kind of overcompensate. So yeah, you do hit. Harder. Well, her gimmick is team kick. Like, yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, but her run around the ring, boot into the corner was fucking great. It reminded me of the reaction people got to Jack Gallagher's finisher. In the yeah, Cruiserweight yeah. Classic. <laughs> the they just kick. weren't ready for us. Sure. Um, but, yeah, like, fucking... Their match got... I think it was, like, 4.8 million views or something insane like that on YouTube. Yeah. Where, like, your average video gets, like, 200,000, 300,000 or whatever. Um, mm. And, like, there's nothing even with Jinder that does close to that. Yeah. Uh, so... They have... They have uh, some convincing argument to make for India. I don't know if they're still... If it's still worth putting the WWE Championship on Jinder Mahal, but that's a question for another day, really. Yeah. So, uh, but they have a, a prospect here in uh, Kavita Devai, uh, and Dakota Kai is is one of my favorite people on the planet. She showed up. I actually need to watch that. She then went and she was on Progress's New York or Boston. She was on the New York show. Yeah. I think. No, I think she was on both of them. I've only was watched she? the New York show, uh, but the tag match was really good. She was really yeah. good in that as well. Um, then we had Miranda Salinas, who's uh, one of Booker T's wrestling students, mm-hmm. uh, against Rhea Ripley. Who again, looks like she could murder us. Someone, again, who is, this girl has star potential written all over her. Um, In like, terms of her, like, her, she's a soccer player. She's I think uh, so. Australian. She's 20, Australian. She is, she- like... Like, a six foot f- yeah. four, five, maybe. Yeah. Um... She, you can clearly see that there is talent and potential there, but you can also see that she's obviously still learning. Learning, yeah. Um, but she is fucking, yeah. And her she, second round match, like her and Dakota Kai in the second round, was just great. Yeah, you give I really, you give her time, and she is gonna another be hard hitter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
Then we had uh, Vanessa Bourne and Serena Deeb making her return. Indeed. Uh, great redemption story, Indeed. this. Uh, I Very like that narrative. You, you like this? This is the Brian Kendrick of the, the, the Mae Young classic. Very much. Um, except you don't have someone like uh, Brian Danielson nearly sobbing <laughs> on the commentary getting this over. We'll actually talk about the yeah, commentary after do. this first round. Um, good to see Serena Deeb come back. I don't really have a lot to say about this first round match. It was just your standard kind of first round uh you know, Serena D is back. Her gimmick now is yoga, both in life and in wrestling. Yeah, I mean, um, sure. Someone has to have that gimmick, I guess. Yeah. Um, it was an okay match. I had nothing really to I write home about. I don't really remember much of it, but, I mean, that's probably just as a good thing mm. as well, because, you know, I remember the Mighty Bell match, Yeah, but for all the wrong reasons, so... Uh, next up, my possible pick for first round match, best first round match, and that was Santana Garrett and Piper Niven, mm-hmm. uh, who is Viper. Yep. On, on the NDC. This was a fucking great little match. I was really curious to see how um, Piper Niven would come across. Especially as they're putting her in as a babyface. Yeah, it's the really weird thing with her, where obviously she has the, the, the bigger build, where you immediately just presume, okay, she'll WWE be booking, she'll be a heel. Because that's always been the way with yeah. bigger women when it comes to female wrestlers. But yeah, she just she's so friggin' likable. Yeah, and so has a baby face face. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, you just you, want you want to root for her. Yeah, yeah. And you like you hear even her though she's not and, the underdog because she is like she's throwing women around oh, in there. Fuck yeah. Uh, so this this was a great match, and I I'm still, this was this was like this was physical. This I am was, proper surprised like that they still haven't signed Santana Garrett. She's so good. I know. She's so good. Like she's just like she's one of these women that you could like you if you're and they have done it because she's shown up in NXT for yeah. so long that it's like we need somebody who do we know that could come in and get over against anybody on the women's roster and Santana Garrett she is fantastic maybe just maybe she's doing the Zack Sabre Jr. of I don't want to be signed yet or the Kota Ibushi I want to go fight in car parks so I want to set fireworks <laughs> myself but you know what somehow I don't believe it I don't un- she is the one more than any other that I, well her and Candice Candice yeah, yeah. Uh, but this is great like really just I, I love the presence. Crowd of, super into Piper straight away off yeah. the strength of this match. Her move set, uh, she can go. She's got a gas tank on her. Yeah. Uh, fuck it, like they have to sign her again. One of these like cl- classic cases of uh, a woman that is, or, or there are men equivalent as well of like super athletic for their builds. Yep. You know what I mean? Like she is flying around in there. Um, she's great at like cause the the women who are often the women and men who are kind of have larger frames are often booked in a way that they don't get to sell as much in matches. Yeah. Uh, and as a result, they tend to be not very good at selling. Um, You know, you look back to like, a, you know, Mark Henry or Big Show or any kind of large men's wrestler who's just like, when they're selling, it's just, oh my God. I mean, bronze was that degree. Has yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a kind of relief when you have a, uh, Piper Niven come in here significantly larger and more physical than uh, Santana Garrett but she's also uh, believable when she's selling for her Mm -hmm. and people got super into that match like I think this was one of the matches that got of the first round that got consistent reactions start to finish Um, because usually it kind of built to a big reaction towards the end a lot of these matches but this one was like people were into this physical match from the very start to the very end so fair play to both of them just a shame not to see Santana Garrett get into round two um then Lacey Evans who is a real like they have a lot of high hopes for Lacey Evans she's the former U.S. Marine Corps SWAT team member 
uh, and her kind of aesthetic is kind of uh, 50s pinup girl. Yeah, pretty like much. Like you would see her, you know, you would see someone that would look like her painted on the side of a fighter jet in World War Two. Yeah, kind but of. it's it's definitely like not just um, pinup doll in terms of your uh, objectifying. You know, she's very empowering. No, 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 yeah, no. It's just yeah. her kind of her her, her gear. Her look is, uh, but her actual character is the kind of empowering because because she's her, a mum and she you know she's a single mother. Yeah. She's yeah, like she's she's it's an incredible story. But my, the thing my I point, find interesting about her. She does come across very heelish in the way that she presents herself and talks. Yeah, yeah. You but know? then as well, I find that that kind of gets let down when she gets into the ring because I don't. She's not there yet again. Like no. she's not nearly as far along as you would expect for someone that they seem to have that high a hope. Well, for. I think it's just because obviously they're one of their her. She's one of their personal projects that they're working on, so they're gonna have that level. Yeah. And she faced off against a woman who I think the two of us pictured as. Also, up with the air with Bianca Belair as surprise packages that you can totally see they could make her into a like a top heel down in NXT. Yep. And that's Tynara Conti. Well, I'll tell you what, because they they talked about her, uh, was it judo, I think they said? Yeah, she was nearly on the Brazilian judo team yeah. for the London Olympics. And maybe it's the deep down rep- repressed misogynist. Uh, I can never say the word. Uh, misogynist. Misogynist. Sexist side of me where I was like, I still was surprised when she came out in her judo gear. Like, as yeah. I was like, I wasn't expecting that. This is yeah. this is weird. And yeah. then she gets in there and she fucking throws down. Like, like fair irrespective play. of like, they're going to see potential in her because of the, the physical attributes. Like, she's, she's a gorgeous young woman. Like, she's, she's 22 years old. So they're seeing dollar signs in that part of it straight away. But I think what blew us away more was presence yep she had one of the best heel presences of anybody that wasn't bianca belair in this first round like her pure not having any fucking time for lazy evans's entrance (laughs) (laughs) and just her like pissed off face uh during this she is obviously an incredible athlete being a a, nxt spoilers yeah being a uh being a nearly on an olympic team you have to be a pretty sublime athlete you think that on that short list Uh, again 22 years old because uh, you got the judo gimmick, you can see it's like, well, we've already got our own Ronda Rousey. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, and she's pretty good for someone who has very limited experience. She's pretty good. Yeah, this was this was she perfectly was, um, serviceable. She was already signed. She was signed uh, months before this tournament. Mm-hmm. She's already on the road with NXT, and uh, the the tapings last night. Uh, she showed up uh, on at the behest of the the new stable down there, the Undisputed Era, which is a dreadful <laughs> name. A dreadful name. Uh, the the Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, Adam Cole stable. Um, and yeah, like this was I because because Tanara Conti isn't too experienced, and because Lacey Evans is is still quite green as well. There were a couple of moments in this match that were poorly timed. Um, they had the the classic bad wrestling spot of a mistimed neckbreaker, which was mm-hmm. unfortunate. Uh, they hadn't really it didn't seem like they had rehearsed the match that much or talked about each other's spots to each other that much because Tynara obviously does some spot where she kind of gets you hanging off the ropes like it's a 619 but she stands on the back of your head and sort of like rakes your face into the middle rope and Lacey didn't know that's what ha- was happening and there's a bit of miscommunication where she kind of started to stand up off the ropes when Tynara was like halfway climbing up the ropes to do it. So it was a, it was a bit of an awkward match. But a- again, you can absolutely see why they think uh, someone like Tynara or someone like Lacey Evans are a star. And it just will be that, like, get down to Performance Center, get on the road with NXT. And 
I definitely see a higher ceiling in terms of quality of wrestling for Tainara just based on she's already an unbelievable athlete so you just need to get the wrestling psychology and the mechanics of it into her so it's it's a bit more of a, a struggle with Lacey who I have seen in NXT for a little while and doesn't seem to be getting that much better yeah I mean it could be just a thing where she needs to spend more time on the road and with, with some the right more, people with the right people yeah 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 uh, could be a case of like, that for sure in terms of the the entrance and and like the overall package you know mm. she's pretty much I think where she wants to be but yeah. I do agree that definitely that she just needs to get more in the ring kind of solidified yeah. um then the the final one around one before we start start going through our, our highlights for the rest of the tournament um England's own Aisha Raymond, the sole representative I've from England. Uh, I don't think she's. I remember looking into her, and I don't think she has that that much experience. Okay. Um, uh, taking on, I I think perhaps outside of Kyrie saying the the woman that most radiated star power immediately in this tournament Absolutely. in Tony Storm. Yeah. Uh, Tony Storm is quite a phenomenon in terms of star power and the the women's indie scene at the moment progress women's champion she's knocking out of the park in stardom as well um showed up here i don't think she's not been signed yet at least not officially it might just but again it could be a zack saber jr thing well it could just be that she's got so much other stuff going on that she needs to get finished up like Um, hero finish up the dates and um but and also they have so many friggin wrestlers and whatnot like they have all the time with her and certainly because of how she, young she is she's what 23 is 21 22, 22. yeah Jesus. she's super young um but, but she's, she's great she's really good i'm pretty she, she reminds me like she's she the first time i saw her wrestle i was like oh i, I get this immediately it's a woman who wrestles like mark haskins yeah just that constantly intense i am absolutely convinced that her gimmick when she's talking is that she has adhd like just <laughs> she's just constantly like going from one thing to did you yeah. see her interview with Glenn that she did no it it's just it's all over just the hyper. place it's hyper it's going from from a to f it's, it's to like z. have you ever heard um have you heard the Tuesday night jaw with Ginny no Ginny is so different yeah. in real life oh really like so hyperactive and chatty okay. and bubbly and shit like that like it's, it's it's a million miles off the, the Jimmy right. character well, like Tony Storm so again is someone that I would have liked to have seen yeah. in this tournament uh, Tony Storm in ring like her speaking they are pretty much the same it's a yeah. mile a minute you know Yeah. Uh, but definitely the whole look the presence uh, they I'm not sold her. on the tiny hat necessarily I'm not sold on the Motley Crue like, music apart, well see apart from that her gimmick is basically that she's real cool as she, fuck like, she likes Motley Crue sunglasses the war paint yeah, and yeah, yeah. The, the leather jacket is all one aesthetic yeah. and then you've got tiny top hat I, I was like, it, like it's interesting it's a it's a it's a something to talk about I mm-hmm. suppose but for me I was just like they've they've gone another way with that part <laughs> of the, the, the costume um, but yeah she's she's really good um, I don't think there's there's a, a lot you can say about this match. It was just, again, a standard first-round match designed yeah. to show off Tony. Um, I'm not sure, like, if they see anything in Aisha. I don't know where they got her from. Again, I've never heard of her. Uh, I mean, she looks legit. She looks like an athlete. Yeah. I actually thought she cut a pretty, pretty decent promo, like, in terms yeah. of what they the, the introductions they do beforehand. Um, but pff, no idea. No yeah. idea. Um. So that's the end of round one, and uh, we'll we'll kind of just talk about a couple of matches here or there. Um, we have the the matches open here in front of us, but one thing I want to talk about that was very evident from the very start of round one, uh, Mark, was the commentary. 
Yeah. I think, um, apart from, like, a lot of people really had a lot of bile to direct towards the theme song for this show. I think it was more just, once you'd heard it once, Yeah, I didn't need to hear it another 45 times. To me, I was like, I can still remember Wild and Young for NXT, so I'll (laughs) tolerate pretty much fucking anything by comparison to Wild and Young. But But I will say, like, even the Cruiserweight Classic didn't grate anywhere near. Yeah, but that was because everyone was like, what the fuck are these ninjas doing? Everybody was paying more attention to that than the actual music. Fair point. But, um... Yeah, the the two aspects of the production that I think were um, a real downside to a lot of people, the, the theme music that kind of grated on people after you heard it once, and then the, the commentary. So the commentary team for this entire tournament were Jim Ross and Lita. Lita, who I think, much as I was a big fan of her as a wrestler, and um, as a character sometimes, depending... Um, I thought her and Edge were great together as just obnoxious dickheads. Mm-hmm. Um, so much as I had time for her her in ring career, um, as a pundit and as a commentator, I, I never need to see her again. I I've remember, seen enough pre shows. I remember her doing uh, commentary for Heat back in two thousand and three. Yeah. She was terrible then. Yeah, we've seen her do her. Uh, punditry stuff and whatever over the last year or two she's pretty much it's so she's so not comfortable and yep. like the I knew that this was going to be bad like not just when they announced her but the bracketology special that was her and Graves yep and they're really good friends uh-huh. and she was coming off like she had never met him before do you know what the that's issue, how awkward do you know what the was. issue with her is she's got no speaking out loud no she's got no banter no, none. Right. There were a lot of opportunities here in this tournament, and I will talk about it because Jim Ross is not escaping criticism. No, this, God, no, no. But J- there were a couple of occasions where Jim Ross, not out of any enthusiasm for anything that was going on, but just out of a kind of, I'll give her the office, attempted to set up Lita for banter, yeah. like he would have with Jerry Lawler back in the day. Here's an opportunity for you to tee off and talk, talk for 30 seconds. Uh-huh. And he was just being no soul the whole time. Yeah. She wasn't. She She's either wasn't nothing. recognizing the opportunity to tee off, or she just wasn't confident enough to talk for any length of it time. It was. It was a combination of probably that thing and just thinking the whole time. I'm on camera. I'm on the microphone. What am I saying? I need to think. I can't. There, there's white noise around and me. Jim Ross seemed like he <sighs> did not give a shit. Here's the thing. And like down to the fact that on a couple of wrestlers. The two of them together could not even agree on how to pronounce them. Yeah. <laughs> like, she was going hard R on the Kairi yeah. saying, yeah. and he was going straight Kairi. Yeah. Here's the know? thing, right. Obviously, and I, it's it does seem to be kind of brought up every single time when... Because uh, we've had a few shows now. Uh, we had the, the G1 specials in... Uh, in um, stateside with yeah. new japan where he had his cheat sheets yeah yeah uh and you you do have to preface and saying hey look the man lost his wife this year yeah i can fully appreciate someone not being a hundred percent with it in a way that they would used to be and let's be fair he's been kicked pillar to post from the wrestling business over the last 20 odd years or so uh-huh. by this exact company by this exact fucking company with that said i don't really think the presentation that they they've done with like the Cruiserweight Classic and what they've done with the Mae Young Classic uh, 
fully complement his style of commentary. Yeah. You know, he's a storyteller. He's all about the kind of big moment, the mania moments, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and the thing was, like, he was trying to do that at certain points. But the problem is there's a couple of those women in it that only had, there was only, like, one wrinkle to the story because we hadn't seen them before. They hadn't been in the company where he could list all famous matches they've had. No. So he was going on pretty much what he had learned as well as us from 90-second video packages. And so that meant repeating the yeah. one thing yeah. he knew about Every single over round. Over Every single round. And pointing out over and over again that this person's going to have to fly back to Scotland or Brazil yeah. Yeah. or Australia. I know where they're from and a thing about them. And so yeah. that whole combination, I mean, for the most part, I just, it flew over my head. Yeah, I just wasn't, I, tur- it's one of the very few times because I find it very hard to watch wrestling without commentary. Um, I wouldn't say that. I've watched so much New Japan now that I can, yeah, you yeah. know. You see, whereas I wasn't raised, and uh, also, I, I don't have as much history with New Japan. And also, I have yet. to have progress muted because, yeah, yeah Glenn. <laughs> um. But, I mean, definitely, like, if you compare, and, you know, it's the obvious comparison to make, the Cruiserweight Classic, Mauro and Daniel. Yeah, because we said this. Actually, not even just those two. Fucking Cole and McGuinness for the UK tour. Greetings, grapple fans. (laughs) (laughs) But Brian wasn't the best commentator in the world by any stretch of the imagination, but Brian had a genuine enthusiasm which really papered over that. Which, again, like, I mean, to be fair, in in terms of him as a promo, he's not the best promo, but he has an enthusiasm and an earnestness that comes across. And boy, does that man love wrestling. I still think one of my favourite moments of um, that whole Cruiserweight Classic was when Kota Ibushi kicked a man so hard that Brian just started laughing. (laughs) Yeah. So, like... I can even understand wanting to have Lisa on just to say you want to have a woman on to do the commentary. That's yeah. fine. And that was probably, well, she's the one that's done the most commentary and punditry yeah. with us. So that's who we'll go I, to. I think the fine. argument a lot of people came up with was why not Renee? Because Renee had a stint as commentator for yes, NXT. But she's also terrible at commentary. Well, this is the thing. Like, I didn't think she was as bad as Lisa is. Uh, I actually think she was worse because I could actually hear her. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, okay. I would rather just. There's nothing there. Then yeah, she was I, and Renee herself has also said, yeah she yeah she was the first to come out and say I don't think you want what uh, for the the think? SmackDown gig yeah. yeah, um so maybe Corey would have no way to go but uh, or Morrow maybe because like, Morrow yeah. like on on SmackDown not great but when Vince isn't yelling at him yeah uh, like he was great during the Cruiserweight Classic he's been pretty good on NXT as well so but hey look you know it's done now so. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and I thought they were fine with the finals. So, uh. yeah. Um, let's talk about like the the the, the subsequent rounds here. Uh, Mark, do you want to start cherry picking some stuff here that you liked? Uh, or didn't yeah, like? sure. I, you know, I'll just go to the obvious one straight away. Kyrie Sane, Bianca Belair, my favorite match of the tournament. Oh my god! Oh uh, my easy, god! Easy four so stars. Good. The uh, the whipping with the hair just... was just everything about that match. Yeah. Uh, Kyrie really showing off the. Genuine, I think it might be one of my favorite WWE matches this year. I would not argue with you, uh, but just the the the, the sheer level of babyface ability and charisma that Kyrie Sane has, yeah. because she's so fucking tiny. Um, um, Bianca Belair playing off of that and just being the meanest bitch around. Yeah. Uh, this was everything that I want out of what they were trying to do um yeah you know, like and bianca is made as far as i can yeah. see you know 
Uh, Damn well should be. I would be stunned if within a year she's not NXT champion. <laughs> Genuinely would be stunned. <laughs> Just NXT champion, not NXT women's champion. Oh, I, NXT champion. NXT champion. <laughs> uh, yeah, by far my favourite match of the tournament. Um, I'm ticking that one off the list straight away. Yeah, I would I would concur with that. Uh, honorable mention though for Serena D. Piper Niven in that same round yeah, was uh, definitely. was really really good. Like it, it just goes like every match Piper Niven had in this tournament was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, Dakota Kai Rhea Ripley in that round as well. I I, I quite liked, uh, especially for the the relative lack of experience of Rhea Ripley. Um, it's just like because she is so imposing of an of an athlete, Rhea Ripley uh, coming up against tiny Dakota Kai. There's a built-in story right there mm-hmm. and when Dakota Kai is so tiny but she's so mean <laughs> you know what I mean she's such a hard hitter and I like it's a great little story the, the the pre-match stuff they were doing uh, they were basically like doing a bit of chat shit get banged with both of them against each other yeah. that I really appreciated so uh, yeah uh, that, that was that was a good match again I think that was the one as you mentioned that really showed that uh, Ripley with a little bit more time she will definitely she could be a complete package yeah. easily yeah. Um, Kyrie Sane, Dakota Kai, and the uh, the the quarterfinals. I mean, really, you're saying all Kyrie Sane matches, yeah, yeah, yeah. and fair, all Dakota you know. Kai matches, yeah. and all Piper Niven matches. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that that was a great match. I uh, didn't know how that was necessarily going to work because I was really into Dakota Kai as like just a babyface, but it was just a great kind of contest, uh, shall we say? I will give actually special mention as well, just because it probably had a, a different different uh, presentation than most of the other matches. Uh, Mia Yim and Shayna Baszler mm-hmm. because obviously they both have like legit uh, backgrounds yeah. in combat sports and this was also the match where they started alluding to the four horsewomen angle yep. which they didn't pay off not yet <laughs> not yet no. not yet um, but this was what Mia Yim really I think was a calling card for for like head office to, to or Triple H or whoever to kind of look and say hey right she both made Shayna Baszler look a lot better gave her a full match for her to to really kind of show that she could hang in more than just like a two minute squash you know yeah. uh and i think Mia Yim made her look great and i think she made a great showing for herself mm-hmm. uh and yeah i i thought that was uh one of the one of the better matches of the tournament uh absolutely i think it's also uh safe to say that the remaining two matches in the tournament that candace had were also very solid against nicole savoy and uh then in a losing effort to shana also again getting over what a killer shana is yep. because um this was the match where so they had built up shana as like legit like you said which is not hard to do and then I think this ma- the both her snubbing of the WWE Four Horsewomen at the end of her second round match, and then her just her presence in the match against Candice. This is where she kind of sort of did a bit of a heel turn, mm. um, and I like that. I think that's what she should be. Um, is the just a killer heel? Yeah. Um, and yeah, great in a losing effort because you're always gonna be, you're always gonna get over as a heel beating up Candice Array uh, because, because she's, she's tiny, she's tiny and, and a great baby face. <laughs> and obviously Johnny was there, and you know, yeah. And as soon as you saw him, did like, appreciate mm, the, the, the chance of Candice wrestling yeah. <laughs> throughout the the tournament. I I do think my my one criticism of that would be like all her video packages. Well, sorry, after the first round, all her video packages are about how. Yes, I'm married to Johnny Gargano, but I want to prove to everybody that's not why I'm here. Yeah. 
I think maybe don't have him at ringside then right after that. That, that kind of undercuts that a little sense. bit. I'm not going to argue with you there. I think have her stand around. I don't think you need to point out that she's married to Johnny Gargano. Mm-hmm. Um, I bet it's also kind of hard to... It hasn't not... hurt her too much because it's in front of it's in front of fans that already know mm-hmm. and already care about her yeah. and want her signed. But it's also not a thing you're really going to be able to shy away from. Yeah, know? but I'd, I'd, just, I'd worry about them kind of like overdoing it if hypothetically she gets signed and shows up yeah, in NXT sure, that you sure. overdo it on the... Like I don't think they should appear as a like a, a duo... Uh, no, definitely shouldn't. Although that. by the time, it, like, if they're if they're fucking, they're taking their time signing her. He may well be on the main roster by the time they fucking get round to it. Well, I mean, they need Tommaso to come back, and that whole mm-hmm. angle needs to be. I will say this: little bit disappointed with uh, Martinez and Baszler. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was a little. I think that had the potential to be one of the best story matches. Like, that's a very yeah. like uh, student pupil or student teacher uh, story you could tell there about like the kind of. Uh, you know, like Danielson finally learning the, the the ways of the of the martial arts, like kind of you know passing the torch. I think kind that of match. I th- part of it may have just been that on myself, I went back to last year's semifinals and I was like, okay, well, you had Kurt Ibushi and T.J. Perkins and Zack Sabre Jr. and Grand Metalik, like mm-hmm. four of the best wrestlers in the world. Yeah. Uh, as I was thinking, well, you're dealing with Shayna Baszler who hasn't wrestled for too long and uh, Martinez who is absolutely solid but i'm not i don't know i was thinking of course right semi-finals these two matches they're going to be fucking four-star bangers easily yeah and yeah it just was a little bit underwhelming uh Kyrie and tony as well was was solid really yep. good um was it this match or was it the Kyrie dakota kai match where she missed the elbow i can't remember actually it's one of those where she overshot her jump and landed elbow on the mat and kind of like hip and arse on the 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 other person and it was they had to do very quick camera angle and even with the other camera angle you could still clearly tell hey look it's the power of the pirate by the way actually before we talk about the final we moved off that commentary lot a commentary thing before i mentioned the worst thing about the commentary okay the commentary was that bad mark did you know i really hope you did that was not the first attempt at the commentary. That was re-recorded oh, yeah. <laughs> commentary. That commentary wasn't live. The commentary that was live was so much worse. They had to yeah, do it again. Yeah. And it was this bad. And it must have been better than the first one. Yeah. What the f- How bad? Like. Okay. In some ways, I really want to hear that original commentary. And in some ways, I hope it was shot into the fucking sun. I mean, that along with the Mighty Bell match have both yeah. been in their original form. Lost. Indeed air quotes forever a special treat for the live fans that match and mm. no one no one except those grimly staring at each other in the production truck that, that will appear in that like commentary. the lost tapes in the the network collection in like 10 like, years the only time way i can think of it was like did one of them fall asleep <laughs> <laughs> no it's either one of them called one of them like fucking decided to call kairi saying takamichinoku or something yeah <laughs> oh my by the way can i just say one of my one of the worst things again like if they're going to be editing the commentary, I w- did you watch the Parade of Champions when they unveiled all of them? Uh, I, I skimmed through it. Do you remember Jim Ross's reaction to Piper Niven? Uh, not off the top of my head. So, did Lita- he go, oh, fucking Scotland? <laughs> no, Lita does her thing about, uh, like, oh, she's so happy to be here. So, uh, like, that was her default thing for half the world. Yeah, she's yeah. so happy to be here. It's like, a fucking course they are, mate. Tell me something else. But by any chance, is she going to give it but her no, best shot? Jim Ross's reaction was to go, she is a load. <laughs> But then, like, the worst part, like, 
Uh, in, on the off chance that there might have been people who didn't notice that he said something just dreadful. That is not a thing you should be saying. He followed up with, in a good way. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, Jim, shut the fuck up, you awful man. Uh, uh, no, I forgot that. Yeah, Probably anyway, the, the final. Yeah, uh, finals was good. Right Woman won. Uh, again, possibly a bit underwhelming. Um, I fucking loved that TJP. Ko- I'm talking about Kotobushi. Why am I bothering? You yeah. Know? yeah. Um, I, the right... Yeah, I say the right woman won. I will say this. I don't think she should win the NXT Championship. No, well, I think it's... it's put it this way. The, the takeover that that women's title match is on is in Houston. Ember Moon is from Houston. Yeah, I still wonder because she could because she didn't be ask her if that's going to play more against her. But anyway, that's, that's... I kind of I, I, there's a little bit of me because I'm back watching NXT every week now, and a bit bit of me is just like put on Peyton Royce. Yeah, because <laughs> they're great. Yeah. I really like that. Um, but I do think that going from Asuka to Kyrie Sane, um, even though Kyrie Sane... will invite comparisons that they don't want. Yeah, and yeah. I think that I mean the, the simple fact is Asuka had the fucking for forever and that wasn't a bad thing I think you could do the like maybe not draw it out for as long but you could do the the Sami Zayn path the NXT title of have her because she's such a like fighting little baby face yeah. have her come up short like and fight against the odds to eventually I don't win know. I, I think that would you, which I you, think would if it is say it is Peyton hypothetically yeah. is the champion you have her getting screwed repeatedly by the two of them out of her shot I, know, I feel like that's a more a kind of candy stroll yeah, well, they'd have to fucking sign they'd her first, Mark, wouldn't they? That is true. Wouldn't they? So, but, you know, they've, they've got plenty of options to go with. Um, but the match itself, it was, I'd say, three stars, you know. It yeah. wasn't uh, one of... Th- I think the the SmackDown taping crowd heard it a little bit. Possibly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can say hindsight. I find, like, dead crowds really hurt matches for me sometimes. Well, I don't think it was dead. You know, they did get no, into it. No, but you know what I mean? Like, sorry, sorry, that was uh, that was harsh. Lackluster, sure. shall we say. Because, like... Tired. It's why I tried so hard for so long to keep up to date with Evolve. I can't. <laughs> There's only so many matches in front of silent crowds I can watch. Okay. Much as I love Tim Thatcher. Yeah. Um... Yeah, yeah, it's I, you know, again the whole presentation, the fucking size of that trophy, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Um. Now, what do you think about the like? So for Cruiserweight Classic, you know, they had the title back, handed TJP the title. Do you think it's? Um. Would you have preferred? I know you say you don't like the idea of Kyrie winning straight away, but as a concept, would you have preferred if the winner of this match got the title to make the 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 tournament? be a little bit more prestigious you know or do you like or at least would you have said maybe get them in a one-on-one match for the title rather than just one slot in a multi-women match i am i i did think that they were gonna put like you know triple h is gonna come up and that was the the rumor yeah i i did think that as soon as they as soon as the whole ask thing happened my immediate reaction was um or thought was okay they'll put the belt on the line in the finals which uh, if they wanted to do that sure um and then i don't know i guess they could have done curry Sane and ember moon for the next show i don't know like i don't think you don't want to rush to that straight away i don't think there's a right or wrong way that they could have gone with it Mm. you know um like i'm not kind of sitting here thinking you know 
Um, Because the thing is, they can't do, like, another tournament to get themselves up to, like, the two people to fight for the title. Yeah, well, they're having qualifying matches of the next few NXTs for the the But it it is a bit wonky, I guess, having, like, this woman win the Mae Young Classic and then have, like, a couple of just qualifying matches. Yeah. Uh, Again, there are ways they could do it. I'm not totally, like, against what they are going to do. I know we've got... Kyrie Sane, Emma Moon, Peyton Royce. As well, I don't want her in her first big match and not win. Um, you know, well, if it's a multi-man, then she doesn't, she doesn't have to lose. Pin, yeah. So, yeah, and I guess either you're probably going to end up with Ember pinning Peyton or Peyton pinning Ember, most yeah, likely, probably. Um, but I can't remember who it was. Is it a four four way they're doing? I don't know if they've said exactly how many people. They, as, well, sorry, they probably said it on the tapings, but on the NXT um, TV show, we haven't even got to the announcement that there will be a multi-women match. Sure. He said on the, Regal said on, on this week's one that he will resolve it next week. Okay. Yeah, because so. the tapings, it would have lined up. Yeah. So. But, I mean, overall, if we're talking about if the, the tournament was a success, I think it's a resounding yes. Yeah. We have given, or WWE have given themselves uh, a whole bunch of new female wrestlers that they can throw the in. NXT, the... Asuka gone, the NXT full-time women's roster now is 29. That's insane. Yeah. That is fucking insane. Uh, at Bad Boy Casey, who I think is your, your scoops guy on the tweet machine for um, women's wrestling, he had it clocked at 30. Uh, that's including the three unannounced names. Um, he had a clock to 30 when Asuka was still there, so it's 29 now. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've all been saying that, you know, post the four horsewomen, it's felt like you've had Asuka, um, but it's trying to get that kind of bulk of over stars, you know, getting all yeah. those over. I think that. Peyton and Billy Kay are close to being kind of over that level. Yeah. But so is Ember, but there's something missing from that next level. But I do think that the Brooklyn match helped with that a lot. She's, oh, they her her two matches with Asuka were yeah. fantastic. Sp- specifically that last one. Yeah. Um so having Kyrie Sane is gonna immediately project her up to that level. That's I gonna think. help that NXT touring brand as well. Oh god, yes, absolutely. Um and then of the other ones that they've got signed, having a look back up, uh, I, a lot I of think... them are going to be the wait and sees that are going to be in the performance center for a while or on house shows before they get a slot on TV. But I, I think, think Shayna Baszler immediately is going to be up. Is at she that level. signed? I don't know. I don't know if she is. I don't, I don't think she is. No idea. Not officially, anyway. You'd probably think they would. Yeah. Oh, they definitely. <laughs> I mean, like the only reason that. Zach and Cote were in the semi-finals and, and whatnot is because they thought that they were going to sign them. They were going to sign them. Yeah. So, and the only reason neither of them won is because they said no. I don't think they'd make that mistake again with Shayna if they didn't think they would sign her. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, and obviously Shayna isn't going to be doing any more MMA as well. well she, so. And like she does love WWE. You know. Yeah. And like that's the thing like Dave was saying on Observer on the Observer that like Ronda Rousey is going to wrestle for WWE. It's just a matter of when. That's going to be really fucking weird. Like because she really <laughs> wants to. I don't, like, I don't know if it's a matter of that she still owes UFC a fight because she hasn't officially retired. No. Um, Could I, be. I don't know the technicalities Possibly. of that. 
Um, but like she, she will like good or bad, whatever way she is, will uh, like a four horsewomen match on a WrestleMania or like some big show will bring in buys. I she am is a brand name. So Rhonda. curious to how that would play out. It's not gonna be if they want four on four. It's gonna be a while because Marina Schaefer just had a child. Uh huh. You know, um, and as far as I'm aware, I don't know of any wrestling background that she has. Uh, I think she's. I think one of them is an amateur wrestler, either Jessamine Duke or Marina Schaefer. Yeah, but or has some amateur wrestling. Yes, no, not, not professional every, wrestling. Not everyone is Kurt Angle. No, no, but you know or what I mean. Like, would at least have that that kind of base that they uh, wouldn't sure. embarrass themselves. Ronda Rousey has judo. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, but I guess they could throw in if they wanted to, if it really became an issue. Hey, holy shit! Stephen Amell accounted himself very well, and his chief athletic achievement is that he's on television. Yeah, but when you're with fucking King Barrett and Stardust, yeah, you know, damn right, the boys. Um, was he like was Barrett in like Space King mode at that point? It's like oh fucking, he might have been. I miss Wade Barrett so much. <laughs> but yeah, here's the thing. This tournament, I enjoyed it overall. It wasn't. I don't think it's anything that I would go back to, you know? Like, I don't think no. there's anything But I haven't completely... properly gone back to, I think, maybe, like, a month after. But I haven't, like, gone back a bunch of times to watch Cruiserweight Classic either. I've watched a couple of those matches back. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like, I haven't, like, repeatedly watched the thing. I know. I've watched a couple of the, like... Like... You need to watch that Burning Hammer. Yeah. Oh, I was going <laughs> to say, you, that, that Cedric Cota match is the, really good. The Gargano Champa match. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. But a uh, good tournament, very much enjoyed, um, and I think that'll be kind of like there's not really been much going on in the wider. I'm off to World Tag League in a few weeks. Um, we got Braun and Brock coming up. We had sorry the only noteworthy thing talking about at all on the main shows. Big Kev, Big Kev, head Kevin Kev. Jesus Christ, Vince McMahon is the craziest man <laughs> in the entire world. He took a shoot head butt. From Kevin Owens. Yeah, yeah, he did. And, like, and it was not, not only one that, of those, like, you watch the... Go on, yeah. He cut his forehead beforehand yeah. and then put skin over that cut. Yeah. What a fucking lunatic. Yeah, did a proper, like, Ric Flair where he didn't slice, he gouged. Um, He, yeah, is a crazy person. If you watch the slow motion replay... Um, you can see that there wasn't a, even a remote chance that this was a worked headbutt that nope. was accidentally shot. Because I was like, it'd be one thing if it was like, you know, when Sean's wife got punched uh-huh. and that was not meant to happen at all. No, no. Um, it was just meant to look like it did. It wasn't that. It wasn't that at all. I'm just, this was from moment one intended to be a shoot headbutt. I'm just trying to imagine that conversation or be in the mindset of well, Kevin, Kevin Owens. This is the thing. Like someone said, like, Whatever about Vince being crazy, like the, the whole narrative after this has been Vince is insane. People need to give their credit to how professional Kevin Owens is to have not completely fallen apart with dread yeah. at the at walking into work that day and going, You are going to stitch a seventy two year old man in the face with a headbutt. Yeah. Like Kevin Owens, who would have been however and to regain his composure after he hit the ground, because you know yeah. if you've done the headbutt, you know how hard you've hit them. Kevin Owens would have been like eleven, twelve, whatever at the time, watching, you know, WWF Attitude Era, watching Vince McMahon, not realizing one day he'd be on national television headbutting the bastard. And uh, someone pointed out as well, like a possible historic moment there. Like at seventy-two years old, Kevin Owens may be the last person that Vince physically puts over. Yeah, but we've been saying that for about uh, the last five years uh-huh, now. That's so. the thing. Like that's we paused and I went. <laughs> But Vince is crazy. 
So he may well be putting people over at 92 years old. Oh, knows? God, Jesus Christ, please, no. Um, other than that, New Japan had probably their worst show of the year. That yeah. happened. Not really much more. And then, obviously, there was the, the, the Progress show that happens at Ali Pali last weekend. And Bola happened as well. And Bola, yeah. Uh, and, you know, Progress are doing Wembley next year. With so, King of Trios in Birmingham as well. It's yeah. British Strong Style won King of Trios. The the graps is always going on, eh? Indeed. Uh, who won Bola again? Oh, ricochet. ricochet. Yeah, ricochet. yeah, which everyone gave out about. Yeah, but like, I, it's, I think it's pretty much agreed on that's his goodbye. Yeah, and like, I was laughing my ass off at the whole, oh, they should use local Cali guys. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say, like, in a few months' time, I think I can safely say... They won't be able to have Ricochet on too many PWG shows, yeah. so they may as well. Um, but it's like if you want get the juice out. But now. it's like watch a local Cali indie. Then I'm sure there are ways. Yeah, <laughs> it was like it was a bit harsh to name him by name, but Barry said, "Guys, I don't think Pretty Peter Avalon was packing the seats in Reseda. I like Peter Avalon. I like, like Peter. It's tr- it's him true. and Kevin Steen had a great match once in PWG. Yeah. But you know what? I'm with you on that one. Anyway, uh, I think that's going to call time on the, the grapple up mini-sode for this occasion. I don't know when we'll be back again. Um, oh. We don't really plan these things too far in advance, but rest assured. I imagine they'll probably like do a 10-hour Survivor Series show yeah. that we can preview or something. Uh, just rest assured that whenever there's big news to talk about in the graps, something like a tournament, something like a big show, we will be here. We will swoop into the clearing. We don't need to talk about and give some show anymore. He's gone for a while. Hey, See what um, some lukewarm takes where yeah. where appropriate. Uh, link to cast ID is the website at link to the cast on Twitter. I'm at Dave Ryan IV. Mark is uh, at Lithium Project, and uh, we shall see you again very soon because the graps don't stop.